Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Turning your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, you will find out if you make a decision to trust God financially, that means that you see your job or your business, your income as a resource and not your source, you view God as your source, then you will have to pass several what I call money tests that will come your way where you have to figure out, you know, what's going on here. I remember when I was young and in the first going into the ministry and traveled with the I've told this story many times. It's really good because it really had an impact, impact on me. I was traveling with an old, uh, a preacher, prophet of God named F.E. Ward. We called him Papa Ward. And he told me, he said, Rusty, he said, God's going to try you financially. He said, he's going to try you out. He says, there'll be a series of tests that'll come into your life in order to help build the character that you need to handle the money that you need in your ministry. And he said in his life, that he, he, he and his wife were both equally active in the ministry. They, at one point in their life when they were young, one went to the north side, the other went to the south side, and they both built a church in Houston. They'd also been missionaries. They'd traveled over where Papa Ward started over 163 chapters in the full gospel businessmen. So he, they were both, both of them were very active in ministry. But he said there came a point when their finances were just exhausted. They, they were just, there was no money there. And he said, what was funny about that, he says, we've always been faithful to tithe, to offer, to give. They're very giving people. And he said, the Lord sent a multimillionaire, a man that had built a lot of the northwest Houston area, a lot of those big uh, uh, homes and, and, and neighborhoods. This man had built them, very, very wealthy man. And this man sat at Papa Ward's table and opened his checkbook up and said, now you tell me how much to write this check for. They called him Few. His initials were F-E-W. They said, you tell me how much to write this check for, Few, and I'll write it. And Papa Ward said, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was a money test, that this was a test of God. He said, I could have told that man a million dollars and he'd have wrote a million dollar check. He said, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I did not pass this money test, that it was going to inhibit the flow of money in my life and my ministry. He said, I looked across the table at this man, and I said to him, if God has not told you how much to write the check for, I cannot do it. And he said the man literally shut the checkbook, got up from his table, and walked out the door. He said, I felt like getting up and chasing him. You know, just write something, you know. <laughs> he said the next day, see, God already knew in advance what he was going to do. He said the next day, his mailbox was full of letters from people all over the country. Checks for $5, checks for $10, checks for $100. Checks for, and he said literally for several months, every day when they went to the mailbox, the mailbox was full of letters from people. He said, we had more money than we know what to do with. And he said, from that point till this, we've never lacked for anything. But see, many times in your life financially, there comes that, quote, money test into your life. And there's all kinds. I could tell you of a half a dozen that's happened to us. But here's the thing. Don't fail them. It's not that God can't bless you. It's what it is. It's a positioning thing. You can't position yourself until you pass that 
to be in a place where God can bless you. If you're a businessman, it'll happen for you in a business. Many businesses I've seen, it's like they'll grow up and then they'll kind of stop and they'll stay on this, they'll stay on this certain level and it's hard for them to get above that level. Well, many times it's because a test has come and the Lord keeps bringing that test over and over and over and you keep going around the mountain kind of. Well, the thing is, is just to trust God. Understand no matter how much money you make at your job, how big your salary is, how many benefits you have, no matter how much money is coming into your business, it's still just a resource and not a source. And if you'll keep your eyes on the source, which is Jehovah Jireh, then you'll never lack. Amen? Well, I won't charge you for that as a free one. Amen? If you find 1 Corinthians. Now, let's look. We've looked at this scripture before in teaching on these things about receiving from God, the mind, the spirit. It says in verse 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now notice that scripture again. It says the natural man. The natural man. What is the natural man? The natural man is that which is comprised of your flesh and your soul. Your soul being your mind, the way you think. Your emotions, the way you feel. And the will or your will, which is the decisions you make. So the way you think can't receive from God. The way you feel can't receive from God. And the choices you make can't receive from God. That's the natural man. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you're going to have to learn to think how God thinks. You're going to have to learn to segregate, uh, for lack of a better word, divorce yourself from your feelings. Your feelings many times are the greatest deceiver that the enemy uses against you. Because he knows exactly how to stimulate a feeling. Amen. Feelings of fear, feelings of rejection, feelings of anger or rage. Man, he knows just what button to push. He knows just whose voice to use. He knows just what situation to put you in to stimulate a feeling on the inside of you. And if you don't understand how the enemy does that, then many times he'll use those feelings to deceive you. I'm very careful when people say things like, I feel like God. I feel like God. I feel like God. I'd rather somebody say, well, I know God. Amen. Or I believe in God. But when it's I feel like God or I think God, I'm always kind of like, okay, let's see what you have to say. Amen. But now the natural man, that which is natural, receiveth not, receiveth not the things, everybody say the things, of the Spirit of God. Notice that's the capital S. So this is what's being revealed to us as the things that the Holy Ghost takes from the Word of God and reveals unto the spirit man, the hidden man of the heart, the new creature. Amen? So that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's His job. He takes the written Word, and in our human spirit, He reveals or unveils the living Word, Jesus. Now, I find it amazing of those, especially men in ministry, that speak of their education And then they get outside the boundaries of their education and experience the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And then looking back on their education, say things like, I didn't learn anything in 12 years of college. 12 years of theology. Now, I've heard several. Of course, you know, the one that I'm going to mention the most is going to be Brother Osteen because he taught us so much in Bible school. But he said it over and over and over to us. That, that, you know, he, he obtained a doctorate of divinity from John Brown University. And he said, you know, he said, after I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to study and examine the Word of God, 
He said, it just came alive to me. He said, everything about the Bible I knew in my head, but I knew nothing in my heart. I knew nothing in my spirit. He said, nothing in my head ever worked for me, but everything in my heart or my spirit worked for me. So you've got to understand, it's the natural man, your greatest enemy. We talked about your mind being the enemy. We've been teaching on spiritual warfare as we've studied the authority of the believer in our Sunday morning services and how that's the battleground where, where the, the battle takes place in the mind. What the Word of God is renews the what the Word of God does is renew the mind so that the mind comes mind becomes submissive to the spirit. As long as your spirit is submissive to your flesh or your mind, you're in trouble. Not many amens on that one. But if you can ever get your spirit man built up strong enough where what you think doesn't move you, what you feel doesn't move you, but only what you see in the Word of God as revealed by the Holy Ghost to you moves you, then you've got to a place where faith is really going to operate in your life. Amen? Now notice what it says. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now notice it's for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, it's amazing how, how, how so many people look at what I would call the deeper things of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, 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 revelation knowledge from the Word of God, and people, especially, especially religious people, we're talking about Christians, it's just foolishness to them. That's just foolishness. Uh, they'll see people raising their hands and worshiping God. Uh, people shouting, uh, people allowing uh, things to rise up out of their spirit, touch their emotions, touch their flesh, where they actually begin to enjoy the presence of God, the reality of the presence of God. And they just say, well, that's just foolishness. That's just absolutely foolishness. But see, it's not foolishness. Amen. The day of Pentecost was not foolishness. The ministry of the apostles when they operated in power and authority was not foolishness. Neither was the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ foolish. But every religious person thought it was. Now this man's a fool. This man's a fool. That's foolish. Well, they were not spiritually discerning. Those that spiritually discerned who Jesus was benefited from his ministry. Which were the who? The common people. The Bible says, I read that just in John the other day. The common people received him gladly. Now, notice the next scripture. It says, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things or judges things from the spirit realm or by the word of God. Yet he himself is judged of no man. That means you're going to have to get delivered from people's opinion. It said, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Everybody say, but we have the mind of Christ. Say it again, but we have the mind of Christ. Now say, but I have the mind of Christ. Now, I love this in the Amplified. Listen to the Amplified. It says, For who has known or understood the mind or the counsels or the purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Now, you've got to understand, God wants you walking spiritually with your spirit man in control, in, in authority, the one that dominates your life, with Jesus sitting on the throne of your life so that he can use your mind and your feelings for instead of against you so that you can be touched by hurting people 
know, there's a lot of people, man, they just look at, they look at hurting people and they just don't think anything about it. They have no compassion. They don't, they don't weep with those that weep. They don't mourn with those that mourn. Uh, they see great need and they walk by it every day. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christian people. Amen. I'm looking forward to a time when we can build into that new building a wonderful food pantry and, and somebody can be on staff there all day long and we can feed hungry people. And, we'll, you know, there may be a time in that kitchen and fellowship hall we may be having to, to, to feed meals every day just to keep people fed. Are we going to do that? See, we have to be willing to be touched with actually the emotion of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you don't understand the emotion and the thoughts of the Lord from the realm of the Spirit, you will always be confused by your own emotions. You reach out and start touching the needs of other people and then you develop a great need in your own life. Well, that can pull you off the track real quick. Amen. But now notice this. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians 4, I was studying this earlier, I thought it was pretty good. Look at Ephesians 4. Let's begin there in verse, well, okay, we'll do that. Let's begin in verse 17. It says, This I say therefore, and testify unto the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity, notice this, in the vanity of their minds. Well, that's how the whole world walks. In the vanity of their minds. Listen, everything in the world's a big put on. I mean, everybody's out there trying to put on something. Amen. So don't do that. Don't, don't be like the world. It says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart or spirit. Now, the problem with the world is, is a lack of knowledge. Most people you talk to, when you talk to them, they do not hear the words that you're saying without editing them by the religious experiences of their life. I kind of see it like this. You can't get a pure word into them. Amen. I mean, if you just take the average person and begin to talk to them about divine healing, well, they'll have all kinds of, uh, of excuses of why one person didn't get healed and why, why this one does. Well if, well, if that's true, then why does God allow this? And why do we have so many... I mean, there's so much turmoil and so much junk and confusion in the minds of humanity, it's hard for them to receive the simplicity that is in the Word of God. So there's a blindness, there's a lack of knowledge, there's an ignorance that is on the inside of men and women. That's one of the, the, one of the most powerful tools we have as a New Testament church is knowledge. God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of it. So you've got to understand knowledge of the Word of God. I'm talking about spiritual knowledge. Knowledge that feeds the heart, knowledge that feeds the spirit. Knowledge that renews the mind. Knowledge that helps you to, to control your flesh. Knowledge that empowers your spirit man to rise up and dominate your flesh and mind. That type of knowledge, listen, that's your best friend. That's your greatest ally. That's your most valuable commodity. For without it, you, 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 can st you continually stay down and out. But with it, you always are more than a conqueror and victorious in God. So it's a knowledge problem. So many people, this is what's such a tragedy. So many people in the denominational and religious world so love God. 
they love the Lord. But their, their, their minds are darkened. And there's been so much, you know, we've had what? 2,000 years since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And enough mistakes in humanity in handling the word, amen, to jade and taint people. I mean, you know, you look on, on, on TV, they've got uh, uh, movies that mock the move of God. Uh, what was the one that was on the other day? We watched a little bit, then we turned it off. The, what that, uh, Leap of Faith with Steve Martin. Uh, you know, I did a little study on that because I was interested. I was, I, we watched a little bit, then we turned it off. But that guy went to Benny Hinn Crusades. And sat in Benny Hinn crusades and studied and studied and studied his, his manners and his and then came and produced this movie that just mocked. He, they did everything they could do to mock God, mock God, mock God. And then at the end of the movie, God did miracles. And his comment was, is you can get away with this until the real thing shows up. And what happened? The real thing showed up. <laughs> blew him out. He blew him out of town. So you've got to understand, we've got a society whose mind is, is jaded. And all of the controversy that's happened, everything that's been on CNN, and all everything from a few weeks ago to uh, when somebody was bit by a snake, and that's how Pentecostal people are, all the way back to the 80s when large ministries were falling, all this kind, all that kind of stuff resides in people's minds. And they love God, but here's the problem. You can never judge God by the people who serve Him. Neither can you judge God by who does or who does not receive from Him. You can only judge God by His Word. That's why He has given us His Word. Is That is how you make your judgment. This, who God, this, is, it, this is who God is. This is who He says He is. This is what He can do. And this is how He can do it. And if you judge it any other way, then the darkness will begin to enter into you. It'll, be, it'll begin to enter into you. So, so notice what Paul's telling us here. It says, verse 19, who being past feelings, these God can't even touch their feelings anymore, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Let's, listen to this in, in verse 19 in the Amplified. In their spiritual apathy, they have become calloused and past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity, and their depraved desires, uh, that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. What a picture of where we live. I mean, you can't turn on the news without some same-sex couple celebrating their new anniversary. Or a bunch of people standing out in front of some governmental building screaming for their right to kill unborn children. Come on, man. Come on. Their, their, their minds are twisted. But then Paul says, but you have not so learned Christ. You know what he's saying? He said, that ain't the way it is. That's not reality. That's not real. People say, oh, we need to be doing more. We need to be down here. I tell you, they're selling pornographic magazines down at the wall. We need to be protesting over there. And there's a, there's a Planned Parenthood clinic. Why aren't we carrying signs? The reason is, that's not the answer. That's putting the Band-Aid on the symptom. We're doing everything we can do to get the person that looks at the pornographic magazine saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and delivered from that. And the woman that would consider an abortion, get her saved so she would never consider killing an unborn child. We go to what? As Jesus did. He put the, the axe to the root of the tree. Everything else is fruitful. You can't do it. 
It says, if so be, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you, now here we go, that you put off. Everybody say, put off. Now, that's a process. That's an activity that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. There is an old man that you're dragging around. In your mind, in your flesh, in your soul, in your emotion. He is not your friend. He stinks of death. Amen? I mean, you can think yourself and feel yourself out of a miracle. Amen? You've got to make a decision to what? Begin to put off, identify, look at, begin to look at yourself, examine yourself. You say, how do I do that? You look into the mirror of the Word of God. 2 Corinthians, you begin to say, Lord, I'm going to change into that image. You're going to empower me through your Word. I'm going to begin to see myself as you see me. I am going to refuse to see myself as the world sees me. As I see myself in a natural mirror, I am only going to begin to see myself as I see myself in the mirror of your Word. And as I see myself in the mirror of the Word, I'm going to begin the process of taking off. That's where most people struggle. They don't want to take anything off. They want God to fix it. Fix it, Lord. Fix it, Lord. And God said, I don't want to fix that. I want, to, I want you to take that off. Take finances. Lord, just, I just need more money. No, you need to take some things off. <laughs> Amen. You need to take off some mindsets. You need to take off some attitudes. You need to take off some insecurities. You need to take off some weight. You need to get into the Word. You need to examine the wisdom of the Word when it comes to how you, to how you handle finances. And then take off the world. Listen, the world, will, the world will afford you everything it can in order to make a victim out of yourself. You can go to the pawn shops. You can go to the loan sharks. You can apply for the credit cards. You can do all of that. And at the end of the day, the bill is still going to come in the mail. So you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to start taking off your, your physical flesh, your physical body. I mean, you say, well, you know, I, I, I struggle, I, I have this habit, I, I, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, no, you've got to begin to do what? You've got to put it off. Now, God will never tell you anything to do that he will not empower you to do it. Religious thinking. You've got to put that off. A friend of mine, I've told this story before, his mother died of cancer. He, he had a great ministry of ministering to people, getting them healed. And as she lay there dying, She's a good denominational woman, born again. But as she lay there dying, he said to her, Mom, why won't you just accept your healing? And she said this, Because I believe this is the way I'm going to glorify God. In dying such a horrible, and she did, she died a horrible, agonizing, painful death. In dying such a death, she said this, In dying such a death, I can finally pay for what I've done. 
no understanding, darkened. Loves the Lord. Loves Jesus. Accepted him as Lord and Savior. Went to church, taught Sunday school, carried the Bible, read the Bible. Amen. But there's just some things she never put off. Some things she never took off. So, you do what? Put off concerning the former. The word conversation is lifestyle. Put off the lifestyle of the old man. I was speaking to a friend of mine that uh, uh, Dad and I play uh, uh, badminton with, uh, uh, Judge uh, John Ellisor, a great guy, good uh, born-again guy. Uh, I was talking to him today. He, he's going to have me come uh, uh, do a graduation ceremony for a class of people that go through his court system that he requires them to go through this particular class, and then when they graduate, they get a certificate and stuff like that. But these are all people that were addicted and have gotten off drugs and gone through the judicial system, so I'm going to do their graduation. So he and I were talking today, and I said, well, I tend to be a whole lot less compassionate on that subject than a lot of other people because I know how to get out of that because I came out of that and been out of that for over 30 years. And so I really don't patronize people and try to appeal to their will. I say what I do is I set a standard, the standard in which I have lived, which I have proved works in the Word of God, in which if you will obey that standard, you'll never have trouble with drugs again. You'll never have trouble with alcohol again. And so as we were talking, I said, that standard begins with the alienation from the leaving of the life and the lifestyle that you used to live. You cannot look at the same thing. You cannot listen to the same music. You cannot go to the same places. You cannot hang around the same people. The environment of sin will suck you back in to the sin and the weakness that you were involved in. That's true of all of us. An environment of unbelief. An environment of religious mindset. An environment of denomination that will suck you back in. You just get around enough people that, to, that will reinforce your problem and the reason you can't find an answer for it, and you'll, you'll, you'll go right back. You'll go right like a dog to its vomit. You'll go right back to it. That ain't no way to live. So you've got to put that off. Now notice, is this helping anybody? Where's my time going? You're going to have to put it off. Everybody say, put it off. Concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, corrupt according to the deceitfulness. And now, no, here, here's where I want to get to. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 23, amplified. Let me read it amplified. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. This is the most amazing statement still. 30 years in ministry. This is still the most amazing statement I ever heard. First day of Bible school. September, early September 1984, Brother John Ocean steps up in front of our class, about 120 of us, and says this, I reserve the right to change my doctrine at any moment. Now, that's, if you think about that, listen to it. I reserve the right to change my doctrine at any moment. Because he said this, we are not the guardians of doctrine. We are the helpers of hurting people. And revelation is progressive. And if God gives us a greater, greater revelation that helps us help hurting people, we'll let go of yesterday's revelation to grab a hold of today's and tomorrow's so we can help more people. Well, that's having a fresh studying, looking into the Word of God, saying, Lord, I'm open. Change me. If I'm doing something wrong, change me. 
If I'm not proceeding in the right, change me. He's not changing. <laughs> Amen. You're not going to change him. It's going to have to be you. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on. Everybody say put on. And that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. So there are two activities you've got to be involved in. You've got to be involved in the put off and put on. In the put off of the old and putting on of the new. If you're not involved of the putting off of the old and the putting on of the new, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're not proceeding. You're, you're regressing. You're being sucked back into the whirlpool of the world, the flesh, the devil, sensuality, thoughts, ideas. You're just being sucked back because there's a magnetic pull. But the further you get from that by renewing your mind, presenting your body, studying the Word of God, coming to church, serving the Lord, helping hurting people, all this, the more you do that, the, 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 the weaker and weaker the magnetic pull of that gets on you. And you start getting, getting further and further and further away. Listen, I'm the kind of guy, I'm the kind of guy, I love, listen, there's a lot of things I love to do. I love to go duck hunt. I spend a lot of money to duck hunt. I, go, I spend a lot of money to go deer hunt. spend a lot of money to go fishing. Spend a lot. But I'm looking forward to a day when my shotgun sits in my, in my, in my gun vault rusting. Why? Because I'm doing this four and five times a day. You say, why? Well, how can you say that? Because I have been progressing in the things of the Spirit and in the things of God because when you do that, then the draw of even the things you love to do begins to loose their hold on you. You want to spend more time with the Lord. You want to spend more time studying. You want to spend more time in prayer. You want to spend more. And I love, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not against any of that stuff. I love it. I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day about a, a new place to duck hunt. But what I'm saying is, even the things that we would not even consider harmful, but maybe something that just, you know, one day you may have to let go of if the move of God demands. Because here's something about God and the way He works and operates. The more you get in to the covenant and that which God has for us, the more demand it puts on your life. Now that's another subject. People don't like to hear that, but it's true anyway. And if you really understood God, you'd be, you'd be glad that He did. That you put on, everybody say, put on. The new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, one more scripture, and I'm closed. Go real quick. First Timothy. Everybody knows this scripture. First Timothy, chapter 1. Now, let me get over there. First, no, it's 2 Timothy, that's right. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. It says, verse 3, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remember the unfringed faith, that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and, and am persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up, everybody say stir up, stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now verse 7, for God, for God hath not given us, 
the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Not, no, but now notice, God has not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of intimidation or timidity, or actually, you can say, like, he has not put in us that which causes us to back up or away. That's not of God. Now, you need to, you need to put a little asterisk there. You need to mark that, put a flag by that. You say, why? Anything that makes you back away, back away, back away from the Word, back away from prayer, back away from the things of God, back away from that. You better, you better mark that. You better figure that out in your life. That's not of God. That's not of God. No matter how shiny it may be, no matter how much money it may bring. I've seen people sell out the move of, the God, move of God in their life for a 25-cent an hour raise at their job. Well, they're going to give me a 25-cent an hour raise in my job. If I move over here to the backside of the desert and live in some place where there's nothing going on, I'll just leave a revival or move. I'll go do that instead of serving. You better be careful because the enemy will try you and try to see what gets you to back, what gets you to back off. But God has not given us what? A spirit of fear, of intimidation, timidity, or a spirit that would cause us to back away. But he's given us what? Power. Power. Everybody say power. That comes from what? The Word of God. Power, love, and under the influence of the power and love, your mind finally gets sound. Now, I'm going to say this. You might not like it. But you got to understand, if you walk with God as a spiritual being, as a spiritual person, as a new creature, we're the, we're the, we're the, we're the hidden man of the heart, dominates the mind, dominates the flesh. You're a man and woman of prayer, man and woman of the Word of God. You, you have revelation of the local church, of, of giving, of, of servitude unto God, of, of the gifts of the Spirit, of faith, of redemption, all these things. You are the sanest person or the sanest people on the earth. The soberest, the sanest, and the clearest thinking. And the whole world will call you what? Crazy. So if crazy people call you crazy. That's the way I've always viewed it. If crazy people call you crazy, what does that make you? So you've got to make a decision. I'm going to live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself, I'm going to live as a spiritual man. I'm, not going, I'm going to take that mind, that mind, that wild area of my makeup, and I'm going to bring it into subjection to the Word. And my feelings, we used to sing that song, feelings. They ought to sing it in some churches, I guess. No, you have to make a decision. I'm not going to be controlled by emotions, by feelings. By my weaknesses, I am in the process. I am putting off, and I'm putting something else on. It's not what he's bringing me out of. It's what he's bringing me into. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I'm being translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, we could, get in, we, could get, we could just take off right now. We could teach till the sun comes up. I could show you people that operated in a lesser covenant on a greater level. Than we are right now, but they were in a lesser covenant. Look at David. David's, David's reign as king. The maximum, the maximum. I mean, he had men that could fight and kill 800 men. They had 
billions of dollars, every one of them, rich as they could be. They, had, they lacked for nothing. They dominated the world around them in a lesser covenant. In a lesser covenant. You say, why? Because they operated in the covenant. How? That's a whole other message. Lift your hands up. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you tonight. Lord, we glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. We receive by faith what you're speaking to us, understanding that your word is power. Your word is life. Your word helps us, Lord, to walk day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, in the things of the Spirit and the things of God. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Stand on your feet. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas And remember to keep looking unto Jesus He is the author and the finisher of our faith